0: Well, well, the earth is back on its axis, and that's because Sidney Crosby knocked the Flyers off theirs. Flyers fans put Sid's face in urinals at the Wells Fargo Center, but it's the Flyers who were all wet after Game 3 yesterday, as Sid did to the Flyers, what Sid does to the Flyers. A goal and three helpers. Sid made a mind-boggling play off a center ice face-off. to Spring Dumoulin for a second Penguins goal in five seconds. It was a high spot, even for Sid. The Penguins have taken back home ice and seized momentum. There's still lots of work to be done, but yesterday was big. This is the Mark Madden Show. If I had a dime for every time I watched a hockey game, and saw a better player than Sidney Crosby, I would have zero dimes. The number to call is 412-333-WXDX, or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Got a great hockey show coming at you today. Hockey Hall of Famer Brian Trottier, a six-time Stanley Cup champion as a player, joins me at 3.30. And at 4.30, we got the old 2 er Bill Bork, a two-time Stanley Cup champ and part of the Penguins' radio broadcast team. Sidney Crosby now has seven points in three playoff games this spring. He's just one point away from tying Mario Lemieux for the Penguins' all-time franchise record for points in the playoffs. Mario is at 172, and Sid is at 171. And Sid now has 30 points. In 20 lifetime playoff games against the Flyers. But let's make sure Matthew Murray gets credit for his part in yesterday's win, because his part was considerable. Murray is now nine and one after a loss in the playoffs. Whenever he's lost a postseason game, Murray has won the next game nine times out of ten. That is clutch. That's how you win playoff series. Pittsburgh got shot, excuse me, Philadelphia outshot Pittsburgh 11-4 in the first period yesterday, and the Flyers really dominated the first 10 minutes. but Matt Murray made a number of superb saves, and when Sid scored that wraparound, the momentum reversed. After those first 10 minutes, the Penguins played very solid hockey. The big thing was they were three for seven on the power play. In game two in Pittsburgh on Friday night, Wayne Simmons punched Evgeny Malkin in the face, and the Penguins were 0-4 on the power play. If you go 0 for on the power play, then there's no good reason for Wayne Simmons to not punch Evgeny Malkin in the face. But when you score three power play goals in a game, the Flyers have to dial down their physicality. They can't take as much risk in that regard. The Penguins make the Flyers think before they whack. But Sid's the main story. That face-off play was insane. Sid pushes the puck through Giroux's legs. Gensel pushes it back to Sid. Sid goes right and backhands a perfect pass to Dumoulin, who buries Arister. Just like they drew it up, and I don't mean that sarcastically. Uh, Two goals in five seconds. What a backbreaker. Only one guy could pull that off on the faceoff, and he did. Sidney Crosby did. He is that one guy. Although as spectacular as the faceoff play was, that goalie got to open scoring, kicking the puck to his stick and circling the net at the speed of light with his skates at 10 and 2 o'clock. Only one guy could do that, too, and he did it. Sidney Crosby is that one guy. How about Brian Dumoulin has five points in three playoff games? He only had 18 points all year. All of a sudden, Dumoulin's like Bobby Orr. Game four is Wednesday night at Philadelphia. The Penguins came home between games. That's a good idea. Get away from that stench and those people. Which are one and the same. So I want hockey talk, four one two, three 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 WXDX. But we got other stuff going on too. The Pirates are eleven and four, at Yahoo. James Harrison retired. They should celebrate that in New England, not here in Pittsburgh. More on Harrison in just a few seconds. And Super Troopers two opens in theaters on Thursday. I'm going to get me some leader cola, get a ticket, and watch the film. Let's get to the James Harrison retirement for a couple minutes. Here's James Harrison in a nutshell. Harrison is a very borderline Hall of Famer. Might make it, probably won't. Wasn't good enough for long enough. Harrison isn't a top 10 stealer of all time. He was never even the best defensive player on his team. Harrison did make one of the great plays in Super Bowl history with the 100-yard interception return against Arizona in Super Bowl 43. But I don't like Harrison because he's a domestic abuser and has been a bully his entire life, treated people horribly his entire life. So that's James Harrison. Harrison is overrated for sure. That doesn't mean he wasn't good. It just means he's not as good as people think, probably because of how mean and tough he's perceived to be. Like I said, he's a borderline Hall of Famer, borderline at best. He didn't make impact in the NFL till he was 29 years old. Before that, James Harrison got cut so many times. It's a wonder he didn't bleed to death. I don't think Harrison should be so warmly embraced by Steeler Nation. He did him dirty when he skedaddled to New England last year. Whether or not you blame Harrison for being selfish is another argument, but he was undoubtedly selfish. And that crap, like with the workout video, how can they keep this on the sidelines? What are you, 10 years old? Be a professional, not a schmuck. But James Harrison was always about James Harrison. 412 9939 is the number to call. Hey, how about those bucks? Stalling Marte was 5-for-5 five five yesterday. Uh, Dickerson had two more hits, and Yvonne Nova pitched okay. But I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Uh, Josh Harrison has a broken hand. After being hit by pitch yesterday, Nova retaliated. And all that silliness. Harrison crowds the plate. He got hit by pitches 23 times last year. But regardless of whose fault it may be, you got to retaliate because we're all big kids on a playground. I guess Adam Fraser has to play every day now. We'll see how good he is. And I think he might be pretty good. And if he proves it, well, then they can trade Josh Harrison like they had intended to from the start of the season, they could just perhaps accelerate the timetable. Harrison is out six weeks, it looks like. The Pirates are at home tonight against Colorado. Weather permitting, it looks okay out right now, though. And if they do play the game, let's see if anybody shows up. Okay, let's get this hockey talk going. The Penguins are 3-0 at Philadelphia this year. And if they can get to 4-0, things would be looking too sweet. Caps lose game one in overtime at home to Columbus. Lose game two in overtime at home to Columbus. Somebody get them a doctor. Somebody get them a shot. Somebody get them a new coach. And somebody get them a whole bunch of new players for next year. In just a moment, we're going to talk about that nonsense where somebody got pictures of City Crosby and put them in every single urinal at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. The Flyers say they didn't sanction it. Right. Because they only owned the building and maintained the restrooms and everything. They they had nothing to do with it. 105.9, the X.
1: And now the super
0: genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, how you doing, brother? Hey, Double M, thanks for taking the call. Getting the fast lane, Grandma? I'm ready to go to Tim Hortons for some fat-free donuts. The X
1: at 105.9.
0: As mentioned, there was a picture of Sidney Crosby in every urinal at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia for yesterday's game. The Flyers did not sanction it. The team says. But it's hard to believe a picture of Sid gotten every single urinal at Wells Fargo yesterday with the Flyers not knowing about it. It's their building, they're responsible, but hey, no biggie, Sid had the last laugh like he often does. The Philadelphia fans are just such pathetic losers. Even a newspaper columnist in Philadelphia took him to task. Mike Seals of The Inquirer. Let me read what he wrote. Quote, The prank wasn't necessarily a reflection on the Flyers or even most their followers, but it was a reflection on plenty of them, and it was stupid and sophomoric, another validation of the worst stereotypes of Philadelphia sports fans, the kind of thing that a high school meathead finds funny, but that comes off to any mature person as pathetic. Unquote. Bingo. That's right on the money. And you look like an even bigger douche when the guy in the urinal pisses all over you with a goal and three helpers. Ha! Uh, I don't believe the Flyers didn't know about it. I don't believe they did it. I don't believe their employees placed those pictures of Sid, but I, I do think they knew about it. And, and, and what... Sielski wrote that, let me quote again one sentence, the kind of thing a high school meathead finds funny, but that comes off to any mature person is pathetic. That is so on the mark right there because, and a lot of people out there, you people, because I don't like many of you, most of you, damn near all of you, you think like high school meatheads, like pee jokes and poop jokes and Bathroom jokes and fart jokes, they're really funny to you, aren't they? You know why? Because you're not that bright, and you have no subtlety. You know who's in trouble? The Washington Capitals are in trouble. They're just waiting to lose, and it might not be a long wait because the Caps lost both home games to Columbus, both in overtime, Grabauer didn't get it done in goal. That gamble didn't work. Holtby's back in now. If the Pens can survive the Flyers and the Blue Jackets beat the Caps and the Penguins get home ice in the second round, things might be cooking. Bobrovsky made 54 saves yesterday for Columbus, but allowed four goals. The main thing is he won. The playoffs aren't about stats. The playoffs are about winning and Nothing else at all. Vegas is up three games to none on L.A. in the first round out west. Mark andre Fleury has allowed three goals in 215 minutes of playoff hockey and has a save percentage of 97. Wow. Vegas just has such a knack right now. It was 1-1 in L.A. late in game three last night. And then James Neal and and Wild Bill Carlson scored 21 seconds apart. Nealer's goal was just fantastic. Uh, That's not as good as two goals in five seconds like the Penguins score, but it's pretty good. This year's playoffs started out odd. Seven of the eight first-round series started with one team winning two games, going up two games to none. And not just holding serve at home either. Columbus won twice at Washington, and San Jose won twice at Anaheim. Some people are surprised that Boston killed Toronto twice, 5-1 and 7-3, but Toronto has no defense. Uh, Pasternak had six points for Boston in Game 2, three goals and three apples. So let's talk hockey. we got other stuff too. The Pirates won, they're 11-4, but Josh Harrison broke his hand. In New England Patriots news, James Harrison retired. But it really is all just other stuff when the NHL playoffs are going on, which is why, up next, he is one of the greatest hockey players of all time. We're going to talk to Brian Trottier. Won the Cup six times as a player. It's Brian Trottier next. here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X.
1: This is Patrick Hornquist of the Pittsburgh
0: Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk. On 105.9 DX. My guest right now is one of the best hockey players of all time. A member of the Hockey Hall of Fame. A six-time Stanley Cup champion as a player, including twice with the Penguins. And a member of the last team to win the Stanley Cup three times in a row. He is Brian Trottier. Uh, Trott, you were on the New York Islanders team that actually won four times in a row. From 80 through 83. That's got to be pretty
1: tough to string them together like that. Well, Mark, first, I, I think you and Phil Bork always give me the best intros. Um, <laughs> you deserve uh, it, pal. The, the, four, the four cups in New York was uh, was very special for a whole bunch of reasons. But I think, uh, you know, Lady Luck kind of smiled on us a few times with Lucky Bounce. I think one was over Randy Carlisle's stick, and I think it was game five of the uh, five-game series we had. And then Mike Buller hit the post in overtime. There's just There's just good luck good fortune it has to happen you have to take advantage of it obviously and then you know referee calls for and against uh you know LRB used to say our coach in new york would say the roof gave in we just got to concentrate and maintain our focus and you hear that with uh you know all the good coaches herb brooks said it to the 80s yeah when they were in their 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 miracle run there in the uh, olympics and you know composure poise you know play our game all those things that you have to do and you saw yesterday, I mean, the Pens played their game. Um, you know, I think Murray really had a standout first period, made some key saves. And once they got their legs under them, boom, they get the first, second goal. I mean, that's important, too. You get that lead, and outside of the other team, you know, just have, they have to open up, and you can counter them all night long. It seems to be a part of that That brand of hockey in today's today's game, and it's it's fun when we're it ain't fun when we're coming from behind, but it's fun when they come from behind too. But this Philly series is going to be a a fun matchup. Um, you Philly plays hard against the Pens. You know they play tough in their building, and um they're capable of getting you know the big plays, and uh, you saw it early in last night's match. But uh, the power play is going to be significant. All those special teams are going to be significant, and your best players have to show up. The foot foot soldiers have to do their job. Um it's fun talking about the penguins you know after a win <laughs> but uh you know a lot of guys played well yesterday.
0: Well you mentioned the top players and Sidney Crosby certainly played well a goal and three assists yesterday. Uh he has a lot of special games but yesterday in the playoffs a really important game that was a special effort even for him wasn't it?
1: Well the very very best players whether it's Sidney right now in the league and you know Mario Gizera and Yager they show up for those those big games and yeah they're gonna have a tough game here and there everybody gets shut down here and there but they always find a way to, to rebound or, or, or pull through or come up with a big play and inspire the team you know inspire their team and uh you know kind of turns the tide the other way and um great players have that ability uh sydney's a unique kid i mean he's just a very special talent but beyond that, he's got, uh, just a wonderful gift to be able to, like, maintain his composure, not get rattled. Um, you like the emotion he shows some games, you know, you, you enjoy that. Um, and I think that fires him up, fires his team up, you know, and I think that's important too. But, but through it, he has a, he has a unique gift to be able to maintain his poise and it shines. I mean, that's why he's wearing the C and you, you know, he's got some great help on that team as well. You know, there's great players surrounding him and, you know, they all have an ability to kind of blend, and there's a chemistry, and it's it's fun to watch when all cylinders are gone. You played with some very special goalies, uh,
0: cup winners like Billy Smith in New York and Tom Barasso in Pittsburgh. What do you see in Matt Murray trots? Uh, he's 9-1 and one now in games after losses, and boy, that's a heck of a
1: record. Yeah, it reflects well on him. He's uh, he's a wonderful young man. I had the good fortune of just, you know, walking up, meet him in the locker room and chit-chat with him. And that's kind of an alumni benefit, I guess, a string, um, one of those uh, string benefits. But really, it's fun to meet these kids and get a chance to just meet them and how respectful they are to the game and how much they enjoy being in the NHL. And he's one of them. And uh, when you meet him and you see how low-key he is, how humble he is, and yet how intense and how focused he is on on the ice, it's really a wonderful experience. Um, side of these players that you know you, you see when you see them play you go oh I wonder what kind of kid he is when then you meet him in and you say wow he's even a nicer kid in person and you pull for him because of that it's, you know we're such Flurry fans um, and we still are to a degree but it's really kind of tough when a young kid comes in and you know is sharing that role with Flurry and all of a sudden you know he is the guy that's holding and he comes up big and I'll tell you it's tough, tough to, to say goodbye to a guy like Flurry but it's also wonderful when he's you, you know, uh, replaced, so to speak, by a young talent like Murray, who's so capable and has and shown his poise and composure and focus. And that's – I remember Billy Smith saying the same thing and Tommy Bross saying, you know, it's like it's, it's 90% mental, that, that goalie position. And if you come in focused and ready and, and primed and don't let the, the goals affect you and just make the saves you have to make and make a big save when you have to make the big save – you know, they, they come in with that focus and that mentality and that attitude, and you see a young kid like, like Murray come in and just, he, he's a wonderful kid to watch.
0: Trotch, you mentioned special teams before, and let's look at the power play specifically. Penguins were three for seven yesterday. How important is the power play in the playoffs? I've often felt you not only need goals on the power play, but you need to generate that pressure just to keep the other team from taking too many liberties and maybe whacking and playing more physical than
1: you'd like. Well, you said it perfectly right there. I mean, if, if the other team wants to get, you know, just take, like, you know, just overly physical and start taking liberties, especially on your on your key players, and you can sting them on the power play. Th- they can't do that anymore. Um, and rightfully so, you can change the whole momentum of of, of a game on the, with the power play. You can maybe on your heels a little bit. All of get a power play. Now you're attacking again, and and you 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 um, I think gain a little fire from that. You gain a little momentum. And the next line comes out, and they, they're they firing again. But you look at the Penguins game overall, they got four lines. They just attack, 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 speed, speed, pressure, pressure. And, uh, you know, it's not about banging, banging. It's about pressure, pressure. And if they, you know, they can, they can finish. They can bump you and you know, get in your grill a little bit. That's fine. But, but it's that pressure and that speed that's uh, you know, all the lives are capable of doing. You see, whether it's the the first unit on the power play, the second unit on the power play, you have guys itching to be on that power play. They come in and and they find a way to contribute. It's really kind of a fun blend of talent that they've got here on this Penguins team. Trotz, now you're involved with the Penguins Alumni
0: Association. You do have a fly fishing event going on that's September 6th and 7th at Spruce Creek, uh, Pennsylvania. We tweeted the information out earlier. Uh, It's Benefit Breast Cancer Research. Trot, you never struck me as an angler, but then again, Western Canada kid, I'm sure you got out there with your rod and reel, right?
1: You know, this is going to be a fun event for our alumni group. Uh, We really enjoy uh, being around telling stories and sharing stories. So for those who really enjoy fishing, uh, I mean, it's going to be a fun event for you to stand around, and listen to all the alumni kind of talk about maybe some fishing experience, <laughs> but the hockey stories are the fun stuff. But uh, I was not a fisherman, but when I get out there and I fish, I really enjoyed. it. I took my oldest son out to the Madison River, and we were fly fishing out there when he graduated uh, college. And uh, I have not had the opportunity to fly fish out here in Pennsylvania, but we've We've done a lot of fishing throughout the parks here in Pennsylvania with my son growing up. He's now 16 and he loves fishing. And I'm just not, I don't wake up in the morning and say, I want to go fishing. But once I get out there, I really enjoy it. I enjoy the atmosphere. I enjoy a little angling, so to speak, and teasing the fish. But uh, to catch something is even more exciting. So this should be a fun event. I'm really hoping that uh, that it does well where it gets me out into the. into the community, and we're raising funds for a great cause, breast cancer research, and obviously the Nicole Malash Memorial Fund that in McGee's Women. But we really appreciate the help McGee's Women does here, uh, supporting this event, and the alumni get really excited. So uh, we've already got our uh, P.J. Dick is going to be the dinner sponsor. We're looking forward to, you know, getting more sponsorships involved and raising some great money for a great cause. But, no, the, the alumni is very energetic tyler kennedy is our president he's spearheading it i'm i'm the chair of the event and we got kim claxon got a strong-arming guys to come on board but it's great it's fun isn't it i mean that's what oh the it's a great idea trots getting and getting in the community and having fun with everybody
0: and nicole Malosh, of course the late wife of the penguins longtime goaltending coach and, and former goaltender jill Malosh, and uh and certainly serving her memory is, is a noble cause uh trots i want to get back to you guys winning the uh four straight cups back in 80 through 83 in the third and fourth year did you guys ever start to drag physically drag mentally i mean you guys won 19 straight playoff series at one point what did you guys do to keep recharging yourselves
1: well there was um, there was a pride factor i think that was the biggest thing and there was the, the challenge i think al arbor always found a way to challenge us I think there was um, a unique blend again that uh, of talent there was a, hall, a bunch of hall of fame core group of players I think that helps um there was just a really kind of a, a neat uh I don't know part of his be a part of his that history um and everybody kind of grabbed a hold of the rope, and we kind of have a, a belief factor. Uh, we actually found a way to not so much blow our load through the regular season. It was a, it was kind of like find that cruise control and, and play well, play with, uh, I think, consistency, uh, find a way to, to, to ramp it up come the first round of the playoffs, the second round, third round, fourth round, and, and know that it's a, a marathon at times, and you do have to sprint at times. And uh, I think experience teaches you that. And you look at this Penguins team, if you want to compare and uh, whatever contrast, but I think this team has some great experience. They've got some veteran leadership. Obviously, they got some Hall of Fame core players and just a group of hungry, gritty, speedy little hockey players that all want to f- grab a hold of that rope. Um, You look at coaching. You look at, you know, there's a lot of parallels, great goaltending, and those parallels are are, are are kind of the consistent thing. And Scotty Bowman told us we were, we were going for our second cup here. You know, you look and and every year you want to be able to, like, uh, reflect. And he said, you know what we were able to do? We were able to stay healthy. And, and through playoffs, even when you had a little injury, guys come in on board and they, they find a way to contribute. So staying healthy is going to be a factor, too, for every team, not just our team here in Pittsburgh, but every team, to be able to, like, stay healthy through that grind of four series, Um uh, 20-plus-some games probably, and uh, find a way for everybody to want to contribute and then contribute. Now, you alluded earlier, the Islanders'
0: closest call perhaps in that uh, four consecutive Stanley Cups run was 1982. You were going for three in a row, and you played Pittsburgh in the first run. It was best of five, and the Penguins were ahead three to one with six minutes left in game five. But McEwen scored, Tonelli scored, Tonelli scored in overtime, and that was that. But, boy, you guys were really sweating it for a time, weren't you?
1: We did because we had him down. We throttled him the first two games here in Pittsburgh, in New York. Then we came back here to Pittsburgh. They win an overtime game. I think Rick Keough scored a fantastic hard angle shot that kind of caught Billy by surprise. And then bingo, they come back, win the next game handily and boom, now we're on our heels a little bit. They come in with that momentum into New York. They jump off to a 3-1 lead, and we get a power play goal. Um, Mike McTuna scores a power play goal, and there's a goalie change, I think, just to give our power play a little bit of rest, if my memory serves me well. And then, uh, boom, the lucky bounce over Randy Carlisle, stick to Tonelli. He takes magic boom, catches the far corner. Uh, lucky break, Mike Bullard hits the post. We come back, and I think it's like not even a minute later, and Tonelli scores on a real mad <laughs> um, goal-mouthed scramble, and, I mean, we're off to the next round, and we took nothing for granted after that, and I think that was uh, not a big wake-up call, but anything can happen. sort of uh, uh, message to us that, you know, we got to be prepared for anything, and at the same time, take advantage of good opportunities when they happen. And uh, so, no, that, that Pittsburgh team in 82, that was uh, Eddie Johnson. Well coached team. They were a scrappy group. Uh, I can remember almost the whole every line was uh, was pestering. They had Andre Saint Laurent. They had um, a speedy centerman down the middle, George Ferguson. They had uh, Patty Boutet. Everybody, every line seemed to have a catalyst, and uh, you know they, they they found a way to make life miserable in that third run to the cup. And when you overcome something like that, you learn from it, and then you just kind of carried on to the next series, the next round, and the whole part of your experience you kind of put that in your back pocket and your and your belt and say you know what I'm going to use that somewhere down the road and uh we did and I, it, it kind of was a I don't know just a, a wonderful kind of bump in the road that we 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 avoided that kind of said that you know what that could have that could have you know changed our, our history and uh that run of four. Trots, great stuff. We really appreciate you taking the time. You're going to
0: join us next round uh assuming the penguins get past the flyers and we'll keep the people up there up out there updated as well on your fly fishing event uh thank you very much for taking the time and we'll talk soon
1: great stuff mark thanks a million talk to you soon Bye-bye.
0: that is uh, one of the greatest hockey players ever brian Trottier. like i've often said if my two centers are mario and Trots, you can have whoever gretzky and messier whoever you want will beat your brains in uh, by the way this event which is september 6th and 7th at spruce creek pa the home waters club Spruce Creek is a nationally renowned fly-fishing venue. Troy Pullemontley goes there. That's kind of a vision. Troy and the hip waders with the fly-fishing rod. I'd, I'd kind of like to see that. And uh, U.S. presidents have gone there as well. Dwight D. Eisenhower and, and Jimmy Carter. Get on my Twitter. I'm tweeting stuff out about that. But right now we want to talk hockey. How great is that to have trots on? Six-time Stanley Cup champ as a player once as a coach, and I'll tell you, I've been with him when he tells stories. His stories are great. Not all fit for publication, but they're, they're just wonderful stories. I'm Mark Madden. we got Phil Bork next hour, and I'm going to give you my final word on James Harrison retiring at the top of the next hour. You're listening to 105.9 The X. Thanks to Brian Trotte for joining me. Uh, Trotts will be joining us once per round in these playoffs. I'm not assuming victory over Philadelphia, but that's the scheduling. So if the Penguins do eliminate Philadelphia, Trotts will be back. You know, even in a win like yesterday's, there's stuff that drives me nuts. Because it's such a fine line in the playoffs, and I know that. Like Zach aston reese who otherwise played very well, but aston reese turned it over on the Flyers' only goal, just inside his own blue line. A fourth liner can't do that. For a fourth liner in a playoff game, it gotta be keep it simple all the time. And then Broussard, who was otherwise brilliant, took that penalty behind their net late in the second period. You can't take an offensive zone penalty there And if the Flyers score, they're back in it at 4-2. It's a fine line. I was at the Broad Street Bistro yesterday in North Versailles reviewing party. And everybody was uh, assuming victory at 4-1. When Brass took that pen, I slammed my hand on the table I was sitting at and yelled an expletive. And people like Turner go, what's wrong with him? Well, I know it's a fine line. But all's well that ends well. And again, hats off to Matt Murray, who is now 9-1 and one in games after a playoff loss and who really held the Penguins in the game for the first 10 minutes. John Cena and Nikki Bella broke up. Wow, I can't believe a wrestling couple didn't last forever. If those two kids can't make it, what hope is there for the rest of us? I don't know what's more outrageous, that you can get arrested in Starbucks merely for being black or that you can get suspended from broadcasting basketball for using the phrase, out of his cotton-picking mind. Yikes. Also, the Cleveland Indians sold Chief Wahoo caps featuring Chief Wahoo. I thought they were getting rid of him. They sold caps featuring Chief Wahoo It also featured a Jackie Robinson logo. Not sure Jackie Robinson would have been down with Cheat Wahoo. Just not real comfortable with assuming that. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electric Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com Getting back to the penguins. Phil Kessel made a very subtle play on Broussard's power play goal yesterday that made it 2 zip. It was just like a 5-foot pass that opened up Broussard's shooting angle, and Broussard buried it. It was in and out the net before you knew it was in the net. Uh, yesterday was definitely Phil Kessel's best game of the series and Derek Broussard's best game of the series. Uh, Chris Letang also played his best game of the playoffs and maybe it was because he played 25 minutes. The more Tanger plays, the better Tanger plays. Uh, game two was Friday, so we haven't talked much about it. But I think Claude Giroux's elbow on Latang was deliberate, dangerous, and dirty. But I'm heartily shocked it wasn't disciplined because Latang wasn't injured, and because much more heinous acts have been perpetrated in the first few games of this year's Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, for example, Caudry's hip check that targeted an opponent's head and got him suspended for three games. I never have liked Code Giroux. I don't respect him. And it's for the same reason I don't respect Brad Marchand. I think good players who go out of their way to play dirty violate their own pedigree. I think when you do that, when you don't need to do that, you're kind of effed up in the head. Sullivan juggled the lines, and I like it. I'll talk about that uh, tomorrow at great length. The Penguins' two best combinations, two man combinations, are Sid with Hornquist and Malkin with Kessel. Regardless of the line balance and why you traded for Broussard, those are the Penguins' best two-man combinations, and Sullivan should use those and then arrange everything else around that. Let's go to Doug in Johnstown. Doug, you're on with Double M. Go to the dentist. Why? My teeth are great. Well, you're fat. Well, then that's a dietician. That's different. I mean, maybe if I had my teeth taken out, I couldn't chew all the expensive food that I could afford, unlike you, the guy making a crank call it before 4 in the afternoon because he doesn't have a job and he lives in Johnstown. And hey, what's the story on that dog? I'll tell you the story on that dog. Your mother committed bestiality with him. Oh my god, it's not 4 o'clock yet. Sorry, Mrs. R. 412. What's well, the story on that dog? Well, that's the dog that saved Charleston from the 1938 flood. Yeah? I won't complete that line until after the hour. 412 333 I'm surprised I've not gotten more James Harrison calls. I'm going to go into depth about his retirement. Maybe he's kind of a pariah because he went and finished his career with New England. But James Harrison retired on Instagram today. Is he a Hall of Famer? And is he a top 10 all-time Steeler great? I would say no to both, but barely to both. 105.9 The X.